Well, hi and welcome to Practice Makes Parent, where we understand it's not about perfection, but about transformation. And I'm Dr. Danny Huerta. And I'm Rebecca St. James. Danny, I am so excited for today's topic because we're going to dive into how we can tame our child's tongue. This is a big one. Yes, Rebecca, this is such an important topic because all parents have dealt with this problem. I know we have in our home and uh, in in counseling. I mean, I come up, <laughs> I, I come against this so many times with within families. We're talking about this, and words are such powerful uh, momentum shifters in a home, and can be used to either build up or to tear down. And we as parents have the responsibility to help our kids understand why their words have such an impact. And then to respond appropriately when they don't do it right. And they're not always going to do the right thing with their words. And we need to understand that. And Scripture even talks about that in James. And Rebecca, have you ever had one of your children say something that was completely, absolutely shocking to you? Well, I can probably think of a few times that (laughs) you just said that. Oh, my goodness. Um, But probably the one that comes to mind primarily uh, would be the first time that my oldest child said, you're mean, you know, in probably a situation where consequences were being delivered that she did not like. And um, she just wanted to come back with something that would probably get to me. And, you know, we've since kind of let her know that that's, you know, not okay. She can let us know that she's not happy with it in a kind of more respectful way. But, you know, it was like, whoa, you just said that, girl, and you know that I'm not mean. Um, But they can feel that. They can feel this emotion and they can kind of kick back with something that, you know, is probably meant to shock us or get our attention. But, um, yeah, I think we're going to learn today some tools on how we as parents can handle those moments well, because we all have them, don't we, Danny? We do. And there can be misinterpretations. There can be uh, a lot of emotion coming out through Mm. our tongue, through our words. And I remember in our family, uh, many different moments where either my son or my daughter said something to the other. And uh, I know that that it can change their emotions in the moment. They can become reactive to mm. each other. And I remember in the car one particular time I was driving and my kids were at each other and my son said something uh, really mean to my daughter. And I, I said, hey, son, do you know that really affects your, your sister to a very deep level? And I know you're a sensitive guy. Uh, just know that your words have power in her life. And I, I really hope that you learn how to build her up and not tear her down. Mm. And uh, it's just, it's something that we need to step into and to also model. What do our words look like between husband and wife, mom and dad, and from us to our kids? We need to remember that whining, lying, and language problems all point to deeper issues that are going on, including the soul and the heart. And, and we get to correct behaviors uh, along the way because behaviors really are, are a symptom of other things happening. And one of the behaviors is what we say with our mouth. And we can't let anger, frustration be a part of the correction. Uh, we need to figure out how we calm ourselves down and enter an opportunity to teach our kids uh, a lesson. And our goal really is to encourage them to see that when we control our tongue, when we have self-control there, we point them towards Jesus. And the key to this correction is to remind them that they will always be loved. Nothing will take our love away from them. 
and they'll be loved by you as a parent, by uh, siblings around them many times, and by God as well. And uh, that's just such a such an important thing when kids don't get it right. This isn't about perfection, but about them understanding themselves better and then being life-giving and loving with their words. And we have a great article here at Focus on the Family that can help you as you start to tame your child's tongue. We'll link it in the show notes, and it's actually written by our guest today, so be sure to check it out. Yes, Danny, I am so excited to listen in to the conversation that we had with our guest, Ginger Hubbard. She's amazing. We also have some great segments coming up. Later on, we're going to hear a question from one of our listeners who wants to know how she can fix her daughter's problem with lying. That's a big one. But first, our friend Ginger talked with us about how we can get to the root of our child's problem with the tongue. She's an author, speaker, and podcaster with some amazing insights. Let's listen in to the conversation that we had with Ginger. Um, what's your, you know, in taming the tongue, the tongue is so powerful. The Bible talks about the power of the tongue, life and death in the tongue. Um, what I've, I know that you have a three-step process for taming the tongue. Can you speak to that tool for all of us? Mm-hmm. Sure. Okay, so step one, and, and I teach this in everything that we're teaching our kids as far as uh, the struggles that they're facing. Step one is heart-probing questions. And, you know, if you think mm-hmm. about it, in, in so many stories in Scripture, when someone did something wrong, Jesus didn't wave his finger in their face and say, this is what you did wrong, and this is what you should have done instead. So often, Jesus used heart-probing questions. And in order for the people yeah. to answer those questions, they had to evaluate themselves, because Jesus was a skilled heart-prober. He knew how to ask mm-hmm. those questions in such a way that the people would have to take their focus off of the circumstances and situations around them and onto the sin in their own hearts. So for each verbal offense, um, I always encourage parents, whatever the struggle is, um, to go ahead and ask, you know, one, two, maybe three very simple questions to help reach past that outward behavior and pull out what is going on in the heart. So step one is the heart-probing questions. And then um, in Ephesians, Uh, Chapter 4, verses 22 through 24, we're instructed to put off our old self and put on our new self. Those verses say you were taught with regard to your formal way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by deceitful desires, and to be made new in the attitude of your minds and to put on the new self, created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. So steps two and three are based on that scripture passage. Um, Step two is what to put off. That's what God's Word says about that particular behavior and what it can lead to if it's continued. And then step three is what to put on, how to replace Mm. what is wrong with what is right. Mm. Yeah, so with this one, Ginger, with the taming of the tongue, I know there, there are different personalities and also different ages at play here. And so What do you think about kids at different ages, right? Should we approach it differently with young kids compared to older kids? And uh, and how does that play out in these three steps that you're talking about? 
Well, I think that we, I mean, no matter what age we are, the Word of God applies to everything. You know, the Word of God is living and active, sharper than a double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. So God's Word is applicable no matter what age we are. And I think this three-step plan uh, I mean, I use this on myself. I'm 54, you know, and I'm still asking myself these hard probing questions. I think that the, the plan, uh, as far as addressing it from a heart-oriented biblical perspective, stays the same. But, of course, as they mature, we're going to have more mature conversations with them about it. You know, like for the young child that's disobeying, um, you know, I say, I encourage parents to say, just ask a very simple question to that two- or three-year-old, honey, are you obeying or are you disobeying? Um, how does God want you to obey? But that conversation would look very different. Um, you know, if a, a teenager comes in, you know, three hours past curfew, you wouldn't say, honey, how does God want you to obey? Mm. You would have a, a, a much more mature conversation, still pointing them to the fact that God has called them to honor and obey their parents, but you're just going to word it in accordance with that child's maturity level um, and even their personalities. You know, we're, we have to be students of our children and discern mm. the best ways to communicate them in accordance with their age. So I think the principles are the same, but yeah, the approach, the conversation is going to look different as they grow older and mature. And Ginger, one of the challenges that many families have faced is this part of the tongue, uh, which is the cussing, right? The, the bad words that can come out from somebody's tongue. We can sing praises to Jesus. We can be at church one day. But teenagers and preteens can struggle with this as they're trying to fit in with their kids, with, with a sense of, of wanting to belong. They're watching movies or on social media or other influences come in. And they're having a hard time with these words popping out at certain times that they've learned either at school or with friends just hanging out with them. How do we teach our kids to discern uh, and understand the, the power of those words as they come out? Well, you know, in the Scripture it says that we are to not let any unwholesome talk come out of our mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up, that it may benefit those who listen. So when we hear our kids say words that aren't honoring to God and not building other people up and not edifying them, we want to point them back to that Scripture um, that talks about, and ask that heart-probing question, are the words that you're using, or even your attitude, is that um, honoring God? Is it benefiting the other person? And so it's just mm -hmm. a matter of taking them back to the Word of God in accordance with the struggles that they're having. You know, kids are going to learn uh, from Christian parents taking them to church. They're going to learn from Sunday school and or any kind of, you know, small group Bible study or community group they might be involved in, and that's great. But when teaching for the purpose of training, we don't just want to teach them what the Bible says, but what the Bible says about the particular struggles they're having. Uh, help them see what God's Word says about the uh, problems and concerns that they're facing, because teaching that mm -hmm. applies at the moment and to the situation that's teaching that's really going to benefit the child, is teaching in the context of the moment. And so, you know, whatever they're doing, if they're using bad language, we want to take them back to the Word of God and, and just say, you know, this is what God's Word says about this. And it meant our own struggle. You know, I struggle with this too, honey. Um, you know, sometimes when something happens, something will come out of my mouth that, that I know is not honoring to God. And in those moments, I have to pray. 
And I have to ask God to help me to rein in my words and to only speak words that build up others and bring glory to Him. So, you know, I struggle too. Let's pray about that together. And then pray with your child. That's good. Danny, truly, Ginger has such great insights on this topic. I love what she had to say about the real heart problems that our kids struggle with and how we should address them. It was really a great conversation, and I know it's one that I will pull from as a parent in our family life. Yes, absolutely, uh, Rebecca. I mean, it, it really, Ginger uh, brought truths that we need to hear as we help our kids with this very real issue that... Uh, many of us as adults also struggle with. And uh, ultimately, we do need to be working on figuring out what is underneath uh, all the words and the emotion that our kids have. And we get to be detectives of emotions and thoughts. Mm -hmm. And most of the time, our kids really don't understand why they're even whining or lying. And lying points to so many things that may be going on. And we need to realize that as parents because sometimes we take it personally or we feel betrayed by dishonesty, but it's rarely about anything having to do with us and everything having to do with something deeper happening within our kids. And it can be a spiritual battle and it can turn into a habit for kids. So we have to, to know that their str- the struggle is real and we need to intervene. And no matter what they're struggling with, we, we need to be pointing them back to God's Word and to Christ and to help them understand the grace and forgiveness that they have through that, that they're loved unconditionally. And that it's not just about discipline, that I'm here to correct you and, and tell you what not to say, but to teach you how to be life-giving with your words. And, uh, and I know with my son and my daughter, we've talked uh, a lot about uh, the words that we have felt uh, have power and impact in our own lives in order to know how much power and impact our own words can have. So let's point our kids to what God's Word says uh, about our tongue in James and, and help them uh, experience grace along the way. That's so awesome, Danny. And if you're listening and you would like to learn more about this topic, you can get a copy of Ginger's book, I Can't Believe You Just Said That. We have that here at Focus on the Family, available for a gift of any amount. This podcast is possible because of your financial support, so please donate and get the book today. All the details are in the show notes. Taming the tongue is such a daunting issue for most parents, let's be honest. Every child has something different that they struggle with when it comes to their heart. We have a question from a parent named Jill about how to deal with lying. She says, it seems like no matter what I do, my daughter will not stop lying. We've tried grounding, taking away time with friends, taking the door off the hinges, etc. How can I help my daughter break this really bad lying habit? I don't know what else to do. Well, this can be super frustrating and confusing. Taking the door off the hinges. Wow, Rebecca, look at that. Yeah, she's I mean, done this. She, she's taking it to, <laughs> she, to a brand new level on that one. Yep, yep. Uh, wow, Jill, this is tough and something that lots and lots of parents are wrestling with. And just know developmentally, it's a natural thing from uh, the, uh, especially in the early ages, but this sounds like it's closer to the preteen and teen years. Mm. And so there's a habit that has been formed. And I'm wondering how much. Uh, is really based off of fear. And uh, many times it's fear that creates the dishonesty. And I'd, 
I really encourage you to explore that a little bit further. What is it that she's trying to gain by lying? Because it clearly is costing her a lot, but it seems that the other things are going to cost her even more. So she's considered that and gone ahead with, with the dishonesty. And sometimes it's out of selfishness, out of, out of anger. And what I usually recommend is help your child learn how to press the pause button and just wait five minutes when they feel a dishonest comment coming up. Have them just pause for a moment. When you ask them a question, say, hey, I want to wait five minutes so that you catch up with truth because I want you to be able to be honest. Uh, that's going to that's gonna create trust in your life, and trust gives you love, and love is something that really, truly satisfies, and I want you to be satisfied as you grow older. And I, uh, One of the things we did early on with our kids is we called it um, honesty is sweet, or the truth is sweet, mm. and that's when they got their treat, their kind of sweet treat, is when they were honest, and you could tell they struggled with it. We'd say, hey, Let's give a treat to that tongue of yours uh, because it ch- you, you chose the right thing and it mm. told the truth. Let's remember that. And so here's a popsicle or we had an ice cream treat. And usually That's I don't good. recommend food for everything because then we'd all be super obese, right, with, <laughs> <laughs> with having that. But this was a big one. I wanted There was a, a moment of time where there was some dishonesty coming in and, and we, we decided to buy certain special treats that only came out when our children are being honest, to teach them that that tongue needs some rewarding or some mm. positive feedback as uh, as they've struggled and wrestled through uh, being dishonest. Uh, maybe this is one where uh, you you model moments of honesty and you help them explore it, help them look for other people that are being honest so that they can see that it's such a, a good thing and a powerful thing to be honest with others and how lying can disconnect us from other people, and maybe it gets us our way temporarily, but in the long run, it really ends up uh, hurting us and hurting others. I love that you're giving practical tools for parents in kind of a situation with older children, which it sounds like Jill has, and also younger children. I might use that sweet treat <laughs> idea at some point, Danny. Thank you so much for that. And, I, you know, something else that came to mind as you were speaking to you you know, that I feel like my husband and I are stepping into more with our oldest is speaking to the why, you know, speaking to that child like Jill has of, you know, we're trying to protect you from challenges later in life. You know, if you lie on the job, you could lose a job that you love. If you lie to a spouse or a friend, you're breaking trust with them and it could damage that relationship. You know, when you want to be trusted to go with a friend to special events, the answer might have to be no just because we can't trust you, you know, these are the kind of things that I think we can speak to our kids that are kind of older and able to conceptually go, okay, this is not going to work out well for me when mm-hmm. I want something in the future. And, you know, just even saying, you know, kids who are trusted to tell the truth and have integrity, more often you're going to be able to do the things that you want to do and mm-hmm. when you request something that you want. So um, that might be helpful for Jill as well. Yeah, and Rebecca, one thing there for uh, Jill's child would be to – Help her see how it affects another person. Yes. Right? What do you think? What is it like when you're lied to? What does that feel like? And what do you think that feels like to other people? And yes. you're kind of alluding to that in, in this case. The all empathy. the different scenarios yep. where it can break down that trust and relationship. That's so true. Yeah. 
We're really thankful to you, Jill, for your question. It was so good. And if you are listening and you have a question for us, please send it in. We would love to answer it. You can go to practicemakesparent.com and click on the button on the side of our show page to submit a voicemail. Hey, we hope that this episode is able to help you as you're learning to tame your child's tongue. And remember, getting to the heart of the issue is essential to how you respond to your child's behavior. And remember to respond with grace and patience. Don't let frustration get in the way of loving discipline. And also remember that behaviors and emotions give us lots of great information about who our child is and what they're wrestling with deeper, deeper inside. Uh, May God guide you as you dig deeper with your child in that. And do your best to remind your child that you absolutely love them and you would die for them and that God loves them as well, no matter what they've done. And point them to Christ in every circumstance and tell them that good behavior shouldn't be to please parents or other people around them, but it is to serve the Lord well and to have a, a close relationship with our Heavenly Father. That's exactly right, Danny. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening. I'm Dr. Danny Huerta. And I'm Rebecca St. James. Join us next week for more tips for transforming your parenting on Practice Makes Parent. Hey, parents. Parent here. Not to sound old, but if I had a dollar for every time someone told me how to parent, well, let's just say I wouldn't need to read this ad to you today. I'd be sitting on the beach somewhere with my feet up. Truth is, I don't trust everyone to tell me stuff. And I don't have time for that 500-page book either. But I do have time for Focus on the Family's weekly age and stage emails that have tips for intentionally raising my son at his age right now. It's super easy. Go to MyKidsAge.com, put in your kid's age, and get parenting advice you can trust.